This is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 in two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and my lotto rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide, so we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com slash business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Service is not available in all areas. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Speaking in Church podcast. It's a brand new year. And we're starting off strong with a shit-talking episode with our new friend, MJ. MJ is super cool. Um, we were just talking about octopuses, not octopi, because you're like a whole-ass biological researcher. Yeah, so I'm an undergrad, but I am planning to go to grad school um, when I gra- after I graduate. Um, I'm interested in marine invertebrate ecology, so pretty Ooh. different from what we're going to be talking about. Um, but it like means you're smart, you know, yeah. you're smart. You you have to I be smart so. to be into the, the, the ocean is full of everything that we don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know more about the surface of the moon and the surface yep. of Mars, I believe, um, than we know about our own oceans, like the floors of our own oceans. Like we don't even yep. have them mapped. It's crazy. I mean, even the fact that like giant squid are like kind of new, they were like legends, but then they're just go, oh, wait, oh shit, yeah. they actually exist. No, the Kraken is real. It's the Kraken! It's a giant squid. Ooh! Yeah. I, I wonder if they ever did like go after ships because they were new, you know, like, what the fuck is this? Rawr. Yeah, I would <laughs> say probably not. Yeah. But... But I would hope so, that they were like, what is this thing coming up in my business? And then there's like, yeah. nope. But then they got used to the cruise ships and they stopped. I don't know. I dream a lot. Anyways, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a new year. What uh, What are we talking about today? I'm so excited. Tell the people what we're talking about. Man, we're talking about so many things. Um, well, let's start off with talk- your life story. How about oh. that? I almost forgot. To t- <laughs> Tell us where you come let's from. See. Yeah. <laughs> So I was born and raised in Minnesota, um, the northern suburbs. So like Roseville and then North Oaks. What major um, city is the so it is it the suburbs of? Minneapolis and St. Paul. Okay, I have to admit that I'm pretty 
I call it racist against different parts of the country <laughs> and not really regionalist, I guess it would be. I just think that California is better than everybody else. I'm very much like LA ride or die. Oh, yeah. I, so, I would absolutely love to move to California. It's uh, yeah. You said that there was sleeting happening. I was like, wow, I, I don't know how I would survive. I don't, <laughs> I, would, I would crash my car. <laughs> yeah. It's dangerous. But anyways, all that to say, I had no idea what suburbs you were talking about. I don't know. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so near the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, but I grew up in the suburbs. Um, And I grew up going to a Baptist megachurch. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So if listeners know John Piper. Boo! uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I believe he would probably refer to himself as like a reformed Calvinist or something along those lines. Definitely evangelical. Um, Yeah, he is known for several things, including like Christian hedonism, which is the idea that like God is most delighted in us when we're most satisfied in God. And like, I'm not opposed to that idea. Like, I like that idea, but he also has very problematic views. Recently, getting heat for saying that women should stay in abusive marriages mm-hmm. and not leave. Um, um, he's also promoted complementarian complementarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like men, you know, men are the spiritual leaders of the household, and women are submissive. Or, as my dad says, the the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And it's like that doesn't. I don't like the that. neck because, <laughs> like you. He's saying that women are manipulative, essentially, or that they help in the decision, like they move the head. And I'm like, I don't, I have a brain, though. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah it's very problematic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I grew up with him as my pastor, um, seeing him preach on Sundays or seeing the projected screen of him preaching on Sundays. Yeah, because you probably um, just saw the lead. Yeah, and I'm short, right? So, like, I couldn't see that there was a pastor at the front. All I saw was the screen. So I never even knew when he was there. You thought you were just in a movie theater? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I love it. Yeah, But, yeah, he um, retired from being the head pastor at Bethlehem Baptist. Um, I think it was around 2013. Um, So my family went to his retirement party, which was... Huge? A mega retirement party. Um, no booze no no no, <laughs> no definitely not. <laughs> that sucks yeah um and then we got a new pastor that was also problematic but slightly less so did slightly the church survive less so it did for a while oh. um but recently it has fractured into three separate churches at least they're moving towards being three separate churches as opposed to three campuses. Yeah. Um, because of several issues, um, including allegations of spiritual abuse, I never got a clear understanding of what they meant by that. But um, sexy, I like it. Yeah. Because it's no, like you expect, the, well, you expect this, like the, <laughs> the sexual abuse, but you're like, oh, spiritual abuse. It's sexy that people are like coming out and saying that they were spiritually abused, not yeah. the actual abuse. Sorry, friend, yeah. let me clarify that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's also just been, like, debates among, like, leadership and congregants on topics like Black Lives Matter, mm. um, 
and also on the quote-unquote sin of empathy sin of empathy yes okay yeah there was an article on christian today that came out about this and explain this i've literally never heard this i love it um so yeah basically some people are arguing that you can be too empathetic Mm. and that that can come at the expense of quote-unquote truth so and i'm assuming that they don't mean like you're being too empathetic to a serial killer and wanting them to go out in public they're saying oh it's you're too empathetic to gay people and you really shouldn't (laughs) for their lifestyle yeah Yeah. okay great it's (laughs) chill chill yeah it's presumably about queer people and other minorities um based on context and what i know about the church and what people think there yeah i feel like i would not they would not like me as a little gay, as a little brown woman with a big old mouth. I don't think they would like that. No, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe especially, I don't know, is Minnesota is pretty progressive, right? As a state. In most areas, yes. Um, but when it gets rural, it gets But when wild. it gets rural, it's not. It's very conservative out there. Um, you feel like you're driving through the south with the big, like, Jesus saves billboards and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people would come from like rural areas to come to our church. Oh my gosh. Because, yeah. I so love it. Do you know um Twitter personality Mason Meninga? Meninga? No, I I'm not good at names and people. <laughs> That's okay. He's my one famous friend. Um well, famous is. <laughs> he has Twitter followers. Um, but he is a huge in the deconstruction Twitter sphere. If you are still on Twitter, everybody, I am. It's a cesspool and it's a mess and I am thoroughly enjoying it. I know I shouldn't. I shouldn't be giving into Elon Musk's platform, but oh my God, is it so juicy. Ugh, I, mm, I thrive off of it. Um, but he's actually from Minnesota. That's my only thing that I was going to say. Shout out to Mason for me from Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our... our- sad pathetic little state that freezes in the winter okay well it's pretty fucking huge (laughs) okay yeah i mean you know like size wise maybe not population wise but i hear it's a great place to live i actually have a lot of friends that are moving to the twin city specifically yeah yeah i guess i'm a little biased like i make fun of my own state (laughs) oh yeah i mean i make fun of la i mean because i'm from east la which is more of the hood southeast la Whereas I totally make fun of the West LA transplants of like all the influencers and the people that live think that living in LA is going to solve all their problems and they're going to get to live out their dreams. And I'm like, bitch, this is going to spit you out. This is rough and tumble. This is not for the faint of heart. It's expensive. Um, yeah. Anyway, so where are you now in your faith? Are your parents still at that church or at one of those yeah, churches? Yeah, my family's at that church. Cute. And you're yeah. probably not. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the last time I set foot in that church is actually an interesting story that we can get to later. Oh, yeah. Where I'm at in my faith now is Christian, but not affiliated with any denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just staying curious and trying to figure out the mysteries of the universe, but also learning to be okay with not figuring them out because it's kind of impossible. Yep. Cool. So what else? What else can you tell us now that you're, I mean, I think it's pretty radical. I always thought like in my mindset as somebody who's still in the fucking church, 
Uh, well, I'm a Methodist. It's a little different. And my church yeah. is very not Methodist. Um, but like, I think it's pretty radical to be a non-binary human and still consider yourself Christian, especially when the label is so fucking heavy. I like, I tell people, oh, I work at a church. I'm like, but not that kind. But it's, but we're very gay. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, I always have to follow up. I'm a Christian with not the not conservative like yeah. kind of Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it could, it can be difficult. You know, like if I don't explain that, like other people in the queer community are going to be like confused, like maybe like nervous to talk to me. And they like, might, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You have to like, explain yourself. Anyone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause when people, when other people tell, tell me they're a Christian and if they don't give any further specifications, like I get a little nervous. I know you're like, are you a, like a Bible thumper or are you chill yeah yeah i can't my friend recently was at starbucks and some guy came up to him and uh my friend is non-binary um but has a penis so gay Mm -hmm. still get a little turned around very gay um and this guy came up to him and was talking to him about his sweatshirt like from school so you know, obviously, you're just like, oh, what is this? Yeah, you want to talk to me about my college sweatshirt? That's random. Try to connect. And turns out, like, they have a conversation. They, like, connect on LinkedIn, which is so fucked up in my head. Because um, it's not like you meet somebody at a coffee shop. And uh, they walk on over to this table where this guy is sitting. And lo and behold, there's just, like, a stack of Bibles or theological books and this guy still wanted my friend like, my friend is very obviously like homosexual <laughs> how, how did they react how did your friend react i mean it was after the linkedin exchange and this guy hit him up to like hang out later and it was like this whole confusing mess of like what do you want from me are you closeted are you trying to convert me but my friend is like very bitchy so they were like, I'm not Christian, I'm a pagan, I'm this, I'm that. And this guy like did not try to convert them, but it was like a wild ride. Because you never know, right? Then you're just like, fuck, you have the Bible. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was a conversion tactic. And it's like, that's rude. You yeah. saw a gay in the wild and we're like, let me, let me reel this one back in. <laughs> oh no, oh no, no, no. But that is so the experience of everybody right like i feel like yeah. everybody has experience whether it's like a mormon missionary or a christian missionary or a friend and they're just trying to proselytize to you constantly yeah or your family oh how is that what's that dynamic like for you Ooh, my mom is not happy not happy um would you consider yourself gay um no i would consider myself aromantic and asexual oh, um i'm aromantic and also non-binary so Kind of oh, a mix so no grandbabies is all your mom hears. Yeah, she's not so much concerned with that as she is with the whole idea of deconstruction. Like it's very scary oh. to her. Um, and so she, she's, she and I have exchanged several long emails and had several long phone conversations that are basically just straight up theological debates. Yeah. And she's just kind of trying to win me back into the evangelical side of things. Yeah. Um, I am not responding to the to that the way she wants me to. Which, 
I mean, not to be weird, but my dad is a little bit more compassionate of a conservative Christian. He's not conservative politically, which has been a godsend. But he's like, oh my gosh, gay people have such terrible lives. Not terrible, but they have harder lives. Because if they want to be Christian, they have to be celibate. And, and it's like, okay, well, that's not true. So, like, in my head, I'm like, well, wouldn't your mom, like, think, like, oh, well, at least they're asexual. Um, but I guess not. I guess the whole idea is just, I always think that people are better than they are, but they're not. They're yeah. Mom sucks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I yeah she's done a lot of things that have hurt me but i i place the anger i have on the system Mm. that she's also being oppressed by yeah as a woman and like just as a human being yeah um she basically grew up in a cult like even more conservative than the church that I grew up going to. What did she grow up in? I mean, just very conservative, like super fundamentalist Baptists. Ooh. Um, and the yeah. Baptist fundamentalists are the worst. <laughs> yeah, it was. She wasn't allowed to dance or like go to secular movies. Mm. Um, just That's my dad too. High control. Yeah. But my dad was apostolic Pentecostal. Just more, more dancing in the aisles. But yeah, same thing. Yeah. I yeah, it's rough, right? Like your parent, you understand your parents, but also, I mean, God bless you for giving your mom so much grace. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't give my parents any grace. I love them. Uh-huh. I talk to them, but I'm just like, uh, you're. My parents uh, have realized that I have a potty mouth over there. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fucked up way to think there, Dad. He's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I used a couple of F-bombs in the car and driving back to school with my dad and he was like, don't say that. And I and I was just like, well, I'm fucking angry and I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting the emphasis on the angry so you really get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It is, yeah. Oh, parents are wild. Tell us a little, you were going to tell us a story. Oh, yeah. So, story. Um, the last time that I set foot in the Baptist mega church that I grew up in um, was a secret mission that I devised. Yes! Um, <laughs> so myself and uh, some co-conspirators who shall remain unnamed um, designed some little note cards that had uh, words of affirmation for queer folks on them. Oh my god! Um, if you're familiar with the Trevor Project, like it's I love a, the Trevor Project. Yeah, it's an amazing like helpline and like mm-hmm. resource center for queer youth, um, and probably older folks too. I I assume. Um, so I had like that like lifeline number on it. I had like you know like we believe God loves you or so- something along those lines. Um, so we had all these little note cards. We rolled them up, tied them with little ribbons, and. I put them in like a little plastic bag and like went around the church just like leaving them in nooks and crannies for people to find. Yes. I hope that they are still digging them up years later. Yes. <laughs> and I I had I had everything planned out. I was wearing like a an outfit that I would not normally wear to look like a good, you know, evangelical churchgoer, you know. Oh, you're just, just doing a service. Doing Yeah, a... just like walking around, <laughs> minding my own business. I had um some like spare note cards in my pocket 
that had Bible verses on them that looked like the rest of the note cards. So if anyone questioned me, I could pull one of them out and be like, see, I'm just leaving notes of encouragement with Bible verses on them. Beautiful. Thankfully, no one came up to me, so that was was the cutest rebellion I've ever heard. Yeah, and I had a getaway car. You had a getaway car! (laughs) So, So once I'd gotten all the note cards placed around the church, I, I pulled up my phone and I was like, ready to get coffee. And that was the code for my getaway car to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The things that we do because these churches are scary. They're scary. Oh, so scary. Yeah. Oh, the first no. time, um, this was actually our second attempt to get in. The first time um, my friend and I arrived and there were these like older ladies like by the entrance that were like guards. <laughs> the old lady guards passed them without them being extremely suspicious so we had to turn back and we were like okay i don't think we can get past them i think we're gonna have to come back the next day um so it was like a whole endeavor like multi multi multi-step multi-day um plan that was enacted and i feel pretty good about it did you ever (laughs) hear anything about it like did people say anything no they never caught me and they're never gonna unless they listen to this podcast and then i confessed i did it <laughs> you did it you did yeah what a you littered i guess they could say but are recyclable yeah that's true that is so funny oh i love it i love i'm a pretty rebellious person but very aggressively so i like when people are subtly subtly rebellious it's cute yeah yeah. probably far more effective <laughs> yeah i i've been finding my voice recently and learning to be more assertive but that was something that was trained out of me at a young age and so i'm kind of trying to get some of that back i think that's so cool i mean yeah how many of us were completely shut down and told you especially like when you're born a woman like you have to be a certain type of way i find myself like even I'm married and I tell people like, I'm not a wife. Don't call me. That's my partner. I, I don't like the connotations that come with the word wife. Okay. I know I ain't nobody's wifey. I am a strong, independent woman who, um, requires that her partner cooks for her because he's a chef and that doesn't matter because, (laughs) but yeah, like I uh, was at my family's house the other day and for my niece's birthday and we were having food and they're like, Oh, Josie, go serve Ryan his plate. And I'm like, no. And they were being like, ah, come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, just serve it to him. He doesn't know what pozole is. Like, just serve it to him. And I was like, no. Ryan has two hands. And he can serve his own goddamn plate. I'm not yes. serving him. And it was because it's just like in Mexican tradition, um, as well as everybody else's, I guess. It's like, you got to serve the man. Like, no, no, no. I'm not setting this example for any. There's a bunch of like teenagers there. It's like, none of these teenagers are going to see this bitch serve no man. All right. Thanks. Yeah. But that is so what we were taught. Yeah, absolutely. To be subservient. And um, fuck you, John Piper, for uh, (laughs) saying that shit. Okay. No, thanks. Yeah. So every... I want to say every two or three years, our youth group would have um, a sermon series over the course of maybe like two months where um, controversial topics would be addressed, which would include um, uh, a sermon on why evolution is questionable and why Mm. the Bible was literal. 
Um, then there would be a service on why being gay is wrong, another one on why being trans is wrong. Mm. And then, of course, we would have purity night where they would separate um, those who were seen as men and those seen as women and have separate services where we would get individual instruction on how to be a good future husband or future wife. Um, I remember having attended the one for women. Um, it was very, like the aesthetic was very like feminine and dainty. There were like little pink cupcakes everywhere. Um, it was just like, I don't know, diving headlong into conservative Christian woman culture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I speakers that would talk about, you know, like <sighs> how you're supposed to be pure and oh. yeah, and how like you should be like supporting your husband and like taking that role and like following his like direction, um, all, all that sort of complimentarian complimentarian bullshit. <laughs> yep. I remember I went to a Christian university. Oh my gosh, it was a tragedy. And I was doing a mission trip, like for student leaders, we went to um, the Tenderloin in San Francisco, which is like kind of like Skid Row in LA, just um, lots of um, our unhoused neighbors there. And there was a night where they separated the boys and the girls and we were having conversations. Cause the whole thing on this trip was like, you were sleeping in like huge bunk rooms on like in the tenderloin like at a mission place and you would do like service work which is like fine i mean i didn't like going to salvation army but i did the goddamn thing mm -hmm. and it was interesting seeing the way that people reacted to this gendered stuff like the the boys had a meeting about how to be strong in their faith and how to help support their female peers and did, and it was nice i mean thank you for wanting to support us i don't know what that means but they got like the typical masculine situation um and it wasn't hyper masculine which is nice for them but still okay, okay. it could be worse <laughs> yeah and part of this trip was like you couldn't shower for a week you were there for a week and there's no showers why what's the point of that uh, you become closer to God if you smell worse. Yeah, what? to humble you, I guess. And it's like, okay, I mean, a week without a shower is not that bad. Um, you know, you take some wipes and you call it a day. No, I mean, I've done worse, yeah. right? Camping or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're like helping unhoused people, so okay, that's fine. I get it. No big deal. And the women, oh, you weren't. So part of it too was you weren't supposed to like take makeup because there's no time for you to like put on your makeup and yeah. it was very much of like thank you so much for being willing to like sacrifice like your your beauty and your vanity and you're so beautiful and if you're not wearing makeup and da -da -da -da, like okay. um like we know it's hard for everybody and, da -da -da. and we would go around in a circle and people would talk about it and like yeah like i can't just i'm so hot and like i get it like right like self-esteem yeah it must be I guess hard and I don't wear I don't really wear makeup so you know I was well versed for this situation but I got in trouble not in trouble like actually but like I had a talking to um because I it was my turn to talk and I was like honestly I'm a little annoyed at this conversation because we're here with unhoused people and we're talking about fucking makeup 
and our vanity like this is not why is this the fucking conversation like i'm like why where's the perspective like the like i i get it i'm beautiful in the eyes of the lord but why is this what we're talking about when the boys are presumably talking about faith and strength and to that like yeah i don't yeah and everybody thought i was a bitch and i was like well uh I guess I'm a bitch, and I got. No, they're just sexist. <laughs> exactly. My uh, my leader, like my little group leader, was a male, and he was so sweet. And it was also like really weird. Of like, they were treating the women like really weird. Like men had to be positioned in certain ways when he walked through the city because it was dangerous. And mind you, this is San Francisco. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's as dangerous as any other fucking major city. I but we walk around LA all the time. Whatever yeah and i remember telling my leader i was like honestly uh daniel god bless you but these little rich white kids i don't trust them with my life just because they're boys okay you bitches don't know what's going on and me and my friend who were both from like la la like the hood we're just like well i we really don't need we don't need you to Mm -hmm. and yeah oh and we went to castro street which is like gay west hollywood and san francisco They're like oh my gosh this is so sad but me and my walking buddy we were like hey yeah what's up they're like somebody asked us for letters like oh, we don't have one but you look like there's like drag queens everyone like, you look great and uh that was frowned upon as well we were not looked on too kindly because we were enjoying castro's <laughs> uh, problematic man these people would really hate if if they found out who Jesus was hanging out with this whole time on earth. <laughs> I know. Like, you, pres- they, they talk about reading the Bible. I was like, bitch, obviously you have not read it. Like, are we reading the same goddamn book? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can't handle it. So, I think, yeah. No, continue. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say that, like, most churches today, um, well, conservative and, like, evangelical churches, like I don't think they worship Jesus ultimately. I think they what they worship is the Bible and like mm-hmm. the specific interpretation of it that they have deemed is the word of God. Yes, scripture is an idol. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Because also like in the Methodist tradition, we have this thing called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is how you're supposed to view scripture or how you're supposed to have faith or something. It's like scripture, reason, um experience and something else but you're supposed to take all four of those into account so like if your reason is telling you that something's bullshit it's probably bullshit if your experience is telling you something is bullshit it's probably bullshit and then yeah. you like come together in a little circle and you think okay taking all four of these aspects okay great gay people are great <laughs> 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 but uh evangelicals are not really into reason or experience they're just into the scripture part which is um stupid yeah Especially when you consider all the translations that it's gone through. Uh-huh. Via and, yeah, white things men. like homosexual being added to the Bible. In nineteen forty six, yep. Amen. Well, it hasn't even been a hundred years. I know. <laughs> Don't talk to me. And I love when you say that and people are like, Oh, what about the Well, you're uh you're wrong. I don't know what to tell you. You are factually incorrect, so <laughs> believe what you want. Yeah. What is well, um the most enlightening part about you deconstructing? that you've come to surmise man there's so many things that i could say but i guess the first thing that comes to mind is just 
not believing in a literal eternal place of torment oh amen um, because that scared me shitless as a kid mm -hmm. and also made me feel as if i were required to be a missionary and like be like a walking walking example for christ not in like a being a good person way but in a like converting people way like yep. every day every minute of my life <laughs> yep um and like if i knew someone and hadn't like made sure that they were like a christian and like the right kind of christian like i was like somehow responsible for them not being saved and going to hell mm -hmm. um, a lot of like catastrophizing and like obsessive thinking came out of that um and so i'm glad that I've been able to move past that to a large extent. Like I still have like old fears that come up and haunt me, but yeah. um, by and large, like I'm able to live my life without that fear and sense of constant duty to be proselytizing. For real. I mean, friend of the pod, Brad Onishi, uh, talks about this a lot. And I mean, I don't know if it's his idea or if it's somebody else's idea, so whatever. But he talks about it in his podcast. And he's like, people, these, like, there's no way that they actually believe in hell. Because if you actually believed in hell, like he did when he was an evangelical, you would devote your whole life, every second, every minute, to proselytizing, to saving people. Absolutely. Because what else, like, what other way of living would there be if you were a real christian if you really believed that people were going to hell yeah like yeah. even my dad doesn't like i mean he believes in hell but whatever but he's like i think that god gives you a second chance at the end kind of like the yeah. mormons same with my mom because it's just like to them it doesn't compute either right like there's no way that you can live a normal life and take care of what you got to take care of but also have to be proselytizing constantly like yeah that is not logical yeah. and there's no way that god would allow that to be you know yeah absolutely and he definitely wouldn't be sending the gays there looking at all these pastors you know the comparison is <laughs> crazy yeah but i also i find myself getting uncomfortable too like i don't believe in hell and i'm like Oh, that means like all these serial killers are in heaven <laughs> or <laughs> hitler's there <laughs> yeah like Which recently like... i've been entertaining the idea of some kind of a purgatory like mm -hmm. some kind of like a reckoning that like maybe like they're just gonna have to like really like deal with and like live out their guilt and like really come to like understand and appreciate like how horrible they lived their life yeah and, like what atrocities they did like they're gonna have to like confront that and yeah like wrestle through that and then like ultimately like, i believe everyone will be redeemed but i yeah i do also like believe in the idea of like there has to be like some kind of justice yeah yeah totally i mean i think about it a lot and i think i'm kind of crazy like if i hadn't been grown up in the church and gotten a weird moral compass from it even though i've deconstructed a lot of it mm -hmm. but i could have I'm kind of a bitch. Like if I hadn't like been indoctrinated a little bit into being a nice person, <laughs> maybe I could be a Hitler. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> I just see the train of thought that all these people have gone on, right? Like the love of power, the love of money. Like I get it. Like from an existential standpoint, like yeah. I may not be comfy with that in my heart and my soul, but 
I mean, if I let myself go down a couple roads, I get how you get there. Yeah. So if I think that I could be the ultimate bitch in the world, why, like, what, what I feel like I would want redemption. I feel like I would want a chance. So yeah, if anybody is capable, why, I guess, why wouldn't Hitler be in heaven? Ugh, as, as terrible as it is, right? It's just kind of yeah. like, well, that's all redeeming love, right? As fucking stupid as it is yeah but also I mean, hell's stupid so yeah <laughs> yeah no i would i would have a distinct memory of a guest preacher like coming up um in front of the church and just like crying and saying that like millions of people are gonna go to hell because the missionaries haven't reached them yet and i was just sitting there like oh my gosh like i like my brain was like exploding with like horror mm -hmm. like i can't even comprehend like how awful that would be for millions of people to suffer forever mm -hmm. and i was like how how do i deal with this information like i was a kid like how do you expect a kid to process that and it's always those of us who think that way that end up deconstructing because we take this shit seriously everybody else is like oh yeah oh so sad and then they go off to sunday lunch but I mean, it's just like a pattern that I see over and over again. Those of us who took it the most seriously, who were the most involved, who were the most passionate about their faith, yeah, end up seeing through the bullshit because it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. Well, you got any final thoughts? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, I have a kind of funny John Piper story that oh, you perfect. can probably edit in somewhere um <laughs> we're, we're not that fancy it's fine okay. it's a free podcast everybody okay you get what well, you get what you get all right <laughs> <laughs> okay um so you know like when i was a kid i and okay still to this day i i doodle <laughs> a lot like if i'm yeah if i'm in lecture um if i'm i don't know just like listening to a podcast like I've got to be like doing something or like sketching something so I would do it all in the church bulletin um and I remember when John Piper was preaching um he gets very very into his preaching um very dramatic and passionate <laughs> is one way to put it um and I drew a little doodle of him on my um bullet on my bulletin and I remember a few of the details. I remember his glasses and my drawing were shattered. Yes. And like, like, he was just like pounding the pulpit in the pulpit. Like I drew like little like fractures as if he'd been like so emphatic that he'd like broken the pulpit. Mm. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing. Like I was just like not really paying attention to the sermon. And I was just like, this guy is kind of crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know, for real. I actually just came up with something to talk about real quick, because I very seldom find people who are also aromantic, such as I. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just coming to terms with it, because, I mean, I like the romance of life. I yeah. Like, I like to be existential and dream and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to, like, people, I'm just like, okay, right, get, get off me, all right? That's yeah. enough. That's enough. Yeah. Um what do you have that same experience of like oh my yeah. gosh you could be traveling you're just like oh my gosh this is so romantic look at me in the streets of wherever i am and look at these buildings the architecture and oh my gosh i love life and it's like like a literary romance you know yeah absolutely 
I love that. Like, yeah. Um, I I would say I have the same experience. Because like, people don't get it. They're like, well, if you don't like, if you're not romantic, like in the love sense, then how can you be romantic about life? And I'm like, bitch, I'm not like. I it's don't very know. different. I have feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to bond over that for a second because yeah. I, <sighs> I, I like the idea of romance. Yeah, like I think it's like cute when like, and I you'll do the things feeling. right. Like you'll tr- you'll bring the flowers, you'll do the the yeah. gestures, but you just don't feel it, right? Yeah, no, like I don't like feel a romantic connection with anyone. I just feel like, you know, I really like love like the certain friendship, for example. Mm-hmm. And like I want to be close to this person on like an intellectual level and yeah. like caring about them and they care about me and we support each other but like I don't really want to like kiss them or like yeah. bring them flowers or anything. Well, I think that's where like the asexual and the aromantic come together, right? Because I'm not yeah. asexual, so I like I love my partner, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of a choice. Like I decided I like I wanted to love my partner. Like yeah. It's not very like passionate or like cute or it's just like, bitch, we're compatible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I have sexual needs, so yeah, I have sex, but don't bring me flowers. Bring me a steak. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, like my partner. This is like one of the romance things that is like a weird, obscure story. But uh, the other day, my partner was fuck you, the FBI. Don't come after us. Um, he was tripping on LSD in our <laughs> living room because he was trying to have like he has hard time accessing his emotions because he's a white man um, <laughs> so he's tripping and he's like having all these like feelings he's like on the couch and he's like breaking all these barriers and I think it's I think LSD is funny um because I love the Beatles so I think Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds so I'm cradling my dog and I'm just singing Lucy in the Sky with Di- Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds to my dog because it's funny Aww. and then my partner just starts sobbing because he just thinks it's so beautiful and it's like <laughs> that like a movie moment of like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds guy on LSD a puppy <laughs> and he's like hold like he wants to hold me and he wants to be held and it's like this beautiful moment for him and in my head i'm just thinking like a fucking course this is happening like <laughs> anything that resembles a movie i'm just like ugh, like this is so embarrassing <laughs> yeah do you like do you like get bored at the parts like during a movie where like there's like an intimate conversation between two people yeah i'm like, I I can. get back to the action like yeah. that was the good part like I'm, I'll cry with, when she's at the airport running away, and somebody comes get her. Like that physical, like yeah, go get her, <laughs> love. Yeah. But when they're like, yeah, having the conversation about their feelings, I'm just like, ugh, we get it. You love each yeah. other. I get it. <laughs> and then the making out starts, and I'm just like, oh please. <laughs> yeah, and keep your business to yourself. Right? We know what happens. <laughs> I love it. You should come back and talk to us. We should talk about this some more in depth. Um, the intersection of faith and the weirder parts of sexuality or the less common ones I guess I should say not yeah weird. yeah definitely not talked about enough I know and I feel so misunderstood <laughs> yeah because yeah like I feel like people understand asexuality more because like people get tired of sex but the aromantic part people are very judgmental yeah I hate it all right yeah. Well, do you have anything that you want to plug to the people before you leave? Ooh, um, any I mean, charities you, you like? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, so 
My Instagram is Micah underscore J underscore strike. So is strike your real last name? It is my real last name. That is so fucking dope. God bless your parents. (laughs) That is so sick. They may have given me some trauma, but they also gave me a cool last name. So yeah, I know. My partner's last name is Hicken, and I was never going to change my last name, but definitely not the Hicken. Ugh, yeah. right. It's like chicken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell no. Well, this has been a enlivening conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. Yeah. And, ooh, and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2023. Have no expectations, everybody, okay? I don't give a shit what anybody says. No resolutions. We're riding this bitch out, okay? We're gonna see what happens. Don't have expectations. I mean, work towards your goals, but don't expect anything, okay? Just keep your head down and keep on moving. Keep on trucking. <laughs> At least that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm a cynic. Anyways, you can find us on Speaking in Church at Instagram. You can find me at Josie Takes the World. Um, we have merch. We have a tip jar. Um, we have... That's it. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right, friends. Well, as always, stay woke or get woke. Please, for the love of God, get woke. And if you know of a conservative person who wants to come talk to me, I'm begging you. This year, I want to get a Trumpy on here. I want it. I'm very nice, I swear. I'm not that mean to conservative people. I mean, I'm a little condescending and a little sarcastic, but I'm not mean. All right, that's it, friends. Bye! This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.